You heard you could save big when you bundle home and auto with Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw a link for a survey about which type of bread you are. And now you're on question 17, barely scratching the surface of your bread identity. You always thought of yourself as a brioche, but are you actually more of a pumpernickel? Ah, yes. They said it was easy to save money bundling with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome to this episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. Kunal, the triple header is over, it's done with, it's finished and we have all survived. <laughs> Hello everyone. Yes, there has been an overdose of Formula 1 for me, for all of us. But I don't think any one of us is complaining. But let me tell you who probably couldn't survive the triple header without much comfort. Maybe it was Sebastian Vettel's neck. I mean, we know how that story started and ended at Silverstone. Yeah, and even Lewis Hamilton, he was physically exhausted after the race. I don't think the triple header gave drivers enough time to recover. And let's spare a thought for Fernando Alonso. I think he's had five back-to-back racing weekends this summer. And we still have Germany and Hungary to finish before everyone gets a break. So, yeah, <laughs> Fernando Alonso has like a, I don't know, quadruple, many times overhead. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, in this week's episode, we have an overload of the what Toro Wolf said this week section. But of course, Toro Wolf did shoot off his mouth uh, at the British Grand Prix. It was like pretty outrageous. We tell you how Mercedes and Haas can learn a thing or two from Force India. And we try and decode how Verstappen knows what an F2 engine feels like. And finally, does Sebastian Vettel have loyalty issues? Yes, guys, remember to subscribe to us on iTunes, on Audioboom for your weekly dose of Formula One humour. And also from next week, in uh, the episode before each Grand Prix, we will have a new section called Moments in Time by Lucien. And as you already know, Lucien is a professional musician. Yes, uh, he's put together our opening and closing tunes. And you can hear more of his music on Bandcamp. And he's a big Formula One fan. We've had endless conversations with him about Formula One. And in his Moments in Time section, he's going to discuss the most memorable moments from historic races, starting with the German Grand Prix that we have coming up next. And we already know how historic the German Grand Prix has been. But you've got to wait another week to hear Lucien's Moment in Time section on the Inside Line Formula One podcast. Back to the triple header. It seems that we are not going to have one next year. You know, given the whole uh, football World Cup connections, the next triple header may may well be in 2022. <laughs> Gunal, they should have a football World Cup every year because then football fans will be happy and Formula Ones will be happy. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's good news, right? <laughs> yes. Although I wish uh, Formula One had the same... Uh, attitude towards a football world cup as roger federer did you know he said uh, the wimbledon clash should actually bother the football world cup fans and not the tennis fans around the world but anyway the british grand prix let's spend a few minutes talking about what actually happened because a lot actually happened i'm really eager to know what you think about the whole hamilton raikkonen episode well, Kimi Raikkonen's penalty was fair. Kimi Raikkonen was honest, which is a rare quality. He admitted to his mistake. 
immediately after the race. He didn't wait like the next day. You know, some drivers did. But <laughs> uh, we also know that uh, Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes overreacted, but their reaction was probably not out of depth because twice in this triple header, a Ferrari has actually tagged a Mercedes on the opening lap of a Grand Prix. So true. I also feel that Mercedes's overreaction has taken the storm away from their slow starts, and this was the st- slow start that actually made Hamilton fall back into Raikkonen's territory, and obviously also their inability to react to a safety car or virtual safety car period. I think each time uh, the FIA information board reads "safety car" or "virtual safety car" deployed, the Mercedes pit wall just. Freezes for a few seconds, <laughs> maybe a few minutes. Who knows? But jokes aside, Mercedes would have expected to win in Canada, Austria, and Silverstone. You know that typical stronghold circuits. So these losses will definitely have put serious pressure on them now. I think especially the psychological pressure on Lewis Hamilton. So Vettel beat Hamilton in his home race in front of his home fans. Ouch! And I really remember how Nico Rosberg had said that these psychological blows had helped him win the title against Lewis Hamilton in 2016. Interesting to actually mention Nico Rosberg because he's the la- he's the only one who's beaten. Lewis Hamilton to a world title, and maybe there's something in that. But uh, but I wonder if and why Mercedes did not split their tire strategies when the first safety car came out, uh, you know, at the British Grand Prix, and maybe Bottas was an older tires. They should have taken that risk and called him in the pits while leaving Lewis out. But of course, they chose track position over fresh rubber, and that isn't a bad choice either. Oh yes, it isn't. But I'll tell you one team that Mercedes. Should learn from or could learn from, and that's Force India, their customer team. Now, if you notice very well, when in doubt, Force India always splits their driver strategy. So, you know, if the race runs normal, they will have one car with a strong result and the other one just about making it into the top ten. And if the race runs abnormal, it's you know a switch, but still the results would be the same for the team. Can I look at you giving away team secrets from Force India? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, it's hardly a secret because they do it pretty much every time. Just keep a close lookout on this next time, guys. So Mercedes will need to work on their starts, you know, in Austria and in Silverstone, like two back-to-back races where they struggled at the start, and a bad start just completely undoes. Their one lap pace advantage that they have in qualifying. Also at Silverstone, uh, Hamilton did not speak to Martin Brundle. He was the guy conducting the interviews in Park Fermé. I think drivers should be allowed some space. I think that's only fair. These days, it seems like the interview is ready with his mic even before the driver steps out of the car and removes his, uh, you know, helmet. It's it's a bit overbearing. But I must tell you, it's because of this overbearing episode. That we got to see how hard Lewis Hamilton had worked for his pole position, uh, because when he got out of the car, he was trembling. There was adrenaline, there was emotion. He, he knew he had done it for his fans. It was such an awesome sporting moment that was captured on live broadcast. That's but yeah, true. but you're, you're right. I mean, we need to give them some space. And also, hats off, helmets off to Lewis Hamilton for bringing home his car in P2. I think the safety car periods definitely helped. Along with the pace of his half-broken car, <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over the number of times he was complaining about how he his car is broken and he couldn't feel half of his floor. But uh, talking of Red Bull Racing, another home team because they're based just a few hundred, no, few few ten miles outside of 
the Silverstone circuit and Milton Keynes. So uh, they struggled. They blamed it on Renault. And Max Verstappen said that Renault's power cost them one second on the straights of Silverstone. Wow. And Pierre Gasly, you know, the Toro Rosso driver who has Honda power, said that the Toro Rosso was affected by Honda's lack of power by nine-tenths. Now, this could mean that Red Bull is going to be at least a tenth faster with the Honda engines in 2019. <laughs> we shall wait and watch. But Max Verstappen labelled the Renault power unit as an F2 engine. I really think Kunali has been taking inspiration from Fernando Alonso's radio messages. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a bit surprised because Max Verstappen was one of those very few drivers who went straight from Formula 3 to Formula 1. So I really wonder if he knows what an F2 engine feels like. <laughs> also, and after months of denying, Niki Lauda finally admitted that Mercedes tried signing Max Verstappen for 2018. And now how soon before Ferrari goes and makes a similar admission? <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, if Ferrari and Mercedes are going to do so, how soon before McLaren makes an admission? Because, well, why not? We are it's McLaren. Max Verstappen. <laughs> Also, I will remember the 2018 British Grand Prix for giving us a rare on-track tussle between Kimi Raikkonen and Max Verstappen. And I say rare because in the past when they fought, uh, you know, they had a retirement in Spain last year, followed by a post-race penalty for Max Verstappen. Was that in Austin? I can't remember, but what an on-track tussle. I know, and it was such a delight to see Kimi Raikkonen, you know, so aggressive these days. Kunal, some people are wondering, is this his last swan song? You know, a man who knows he's going to be displaced of his seat next season. I really, really, really hope not. Yes, for Formula One's sake, I really, really, really hope not as well. But the Kimi Raikkonen Max Verstappen battle, you know, just when Raikkonen thought that the battle had ended and he had won and he was ahead, Verstappen came back on the outside and claimed his position back. You know, that was so perfect textbook-style car racing. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Also, Daniel Ricciardo is going to buy his own Aston Martin Valkyrie. It's going to cost him £2.5 million. And that's roughly half of our annual recording budget. <laughs> Only. <laughs> Maybe this is why Daniel Ricciardo is upset that Ferrari didn't try hard enough to secure his services. You know, the perks of racing for a manufacturer team mean that you get to drive that manufacturer's road cars as well and then you're probably not paying for it. Yeah, and I mean, how much free Red Bull, the drink I mean, can you consume every single <laughs> damn day? <laughs> By the way, I remember seeing a picture of Sebastian Vettel consuming a Red Bull drink moments before he got onto the podium in one of the last few races. And then there was also this picture of him driving a Mercedes-Benz car. Uh, I think <laughs> Not uh, the racing car, the road car, sorry. <laughs> I think Vettel consuming the uh, Red Bull drink was an effect, an unfortunate effect of the triple header for a lot of these drivers. <laughs> but I'll tell you, loyalties, you know, these millennial drivers. <laughs> zero brand loyalties, as a lot of these researchers will tell you. But I think another theme that could learn from Force India is Haas. Force India had the best of the rest car in 2016 and 17, and they really managed to deliver results. In Haas's case, the results are yet to come and we're 10 races in. Absolutely. You know, Force India has suddenly become uh, a team that others could learn from and I never thought that this day would come this soon. 
and uh, also i never thought uh, the day would come when the fi would have a drs zone around a sequence of corners now let's remember up until now it's always been on the straights but at silverstone it was around the sequence of the turns 1 and turns 2 complex and uh, although i don't think it helped much in overtaking but the creative use by the teams and drivers definitely made this a fun inclusion yeah you know i saw those comparison videos of how red bull racing could take the first two corners with the drs open while everyone else they kept shutting it for a brief period yes i don't think we've seen the last to such use of the drs and in which case can we just remove the rear wings completely instead of selectively stalling the effect <laughs> <laughs> now that's an interesting uh, question and i don't think anyone from the fi and and formula 1 will want that because the rear wing also offers visibility to sponsors right but anyway uh formula 1 is discussing a possible change to award all finishing drivers points and that means if 20 drivers finish then 20 drivers get points and I don't think we've heard anything more ridiculous than that of late. Good all this ties in with what you were talking about the millennial drivers, you know, the the participation medals generation <laughs> as all these you dumb know, articles keep going on about. <laughs> Currently anyway 50% of the grid gets points. I mean, what's the point of awarding points just for showing up and finishing the race? I mean, even if you're several laps down, you will end up getting points. I don't know for Fernando Alonso, maybe <laughs> <laughs> more intense, more incentive to show up. You know, uh, you know. But I grew up in an era where only the top six were awarded points in Formula One, and then that extended to the top eight. And now, you know, top twenty—that sounds foolish, excessive, crazy, ridiculous. Let's hope it never happens. <laughs> I mean, I know they're saying this to motivate drivers to finish their races faster. I don't know what warped logic it is, you know. If you can just drive <laughs> all the way to the end and still get points. The other logic I wish to challenge on our show is that of judging Stoffel van Doorn's talent. I mean, he's been overshadowed by Fernando Alonso this season, no doubt in that. But come to think of it, the previous McLaren Junior drivers, you know, Sergio Perez and Kevin Magnussen, also struggled at McLaren before finding themselves a home elsewhere in the paddock. That's actually a damn interesting observation. Maybe McLaren is so focused on Fernando Alonso that they forget Van Doorn exists in the team. Uh, he's had two back-to-back Q1 exits in this triple header only. Ouch. Yes. Yeah. McLaren exiting in Q1. That's really like headline news like it has been. <laughs> But Nick DeFries, McLaren's junior driver, is going to be Audi's reserve driver for their Formula E team. Now I know we have just one E Prix left, but uh that's a good indication and maybe he's even going to be a part of Audi's DTM lineup. Now I wonder if McLaren's junior drivers are giving up on the McLaren hype. Yeah, and also very conflicting reports after Eric Bollier's resignation. Uh it seems that McLaren might not go for Indy glory in 2019 and instead just focus on Formula 1. Now that might be sensible, but I wonder if this would be the final nail in the Alonso could leave Formula 1 coffin though because his goal for next year is definitely going to be, you know, vic- victory at the Indy 500, McLaren or not. Yes, so finally on to our what Toto Wolff said this week section. and he actually said a lot this section it's almost like he was like excited to create content for this section <laughs> <laughs> so firstly he paraphrased james allison when he questioned whether raikkonen hit hamilton deliberately or whether it was just incompetence 
I know, and that was just so unfortunate. I think being a James in the Mercedes team is actually a bane. First, we had James Wawels, and now there's James Allison. And both of them have been thrown under the bus. And it is just so unfortunate. Maybe, I don't think any James would ever want to join Mercedes. And if they do, they're just going to change their name, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am just surprised that Mercedes are still to fix those goddamn strategy errors. And I know that we keep reading whether Mercedes is used to or not used to such fierce external competition. But guys, let's remember this. You know, the Formula One team that uh, Mercedes is made up, the members, are actually from other world championship winning teams as well. So I wouldn't read too much into, uh, you know, uh, Mercedes's inability to handle world championship pressure. So Toro Wolff said that he wants Lewis Hamilton to stay with Mercedes beyond 2020. Uh, come on, Toto. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> because unless Mercedes can, uh, you know, diversify into the music business and the fashion business and, you know, something a little more glamorous, maybe. I doubt Lewis Hamilton is going to stay around for that long. Although, obviously, he could remain Mercedes' ambassador for life. Like Nico Rosberg. Yes, of course. <laughs> and like I've said uh, several times before, these are the perks of retiring as a manufacturer team driver. Something that we're going to see Kimi Raikkonen do as well. Hopefully not soon. Hopefully not soon. <laughs> Toro Wolf also said that Mercedes needs to work more on their starts than their strategy. Well, honestly, I think Mercedes needs to work on both equally. The pendulum is swinging so frantically uh, in the 2018 title battle between you know Ferrari and Mercedes that I am certain it will swing back in Mercedes and Hamilton's uh, way in no time. Now, let's remember, they have the fastest car. So that's one thing they don't have to fix, unlike McLaren. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the end of yet another fun episode Later this week, we are going to have Kevin Magnussen on the Inside Line Formula One podcast as well. So remember to tune in to us. Thank you so much and bye-bye. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.